Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. So today in our soap journey, we are on Ruth chapter 2. And I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. I know we just got done the book of Judges. Uh, that was a journey on its own. Be honest, kind of excited to be in the book of Ruth, kind of like a little bit of a change of pace. You know what I mean? Uh, just a little bit of a change of content, kind of uh, how, like, let's say a different perspective and way that we see God, right? Judges is a lot of the recording of history, good, bad, ugly, and beautiful. And then when we dive into Ruth, we just get to see the heart of God behind people and the heart of God, uh, let's say, providing for people, even in the most unlikely and strange of ways. So let's pray, and we're going to dive straight into this thing this morning. So, Father, I thank you for each and every person that is here today that's listening live. God, I thank you for everyone that may be listening to this podcast at a different time. Holy Spirit, I just pray you would open the eyes of our heart. Because Jesus, we just want to see you clearly. And God, as we're diving into this word today, Lord, I just pray you would help us see your face, see your hand working in the lives of uh, Ruth, Boaz, Naomi, and God, help us see your hand working in our lives too. So God, as we're unpacking the text together, I just pray you would be so present with us this morning. And we ask some praise in Jesus' name. Come on. Everybody said, amen, amen. All right. Hope you're ready. Ruth chapter two. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. And I'm going to start off in verse one. It says, Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side. He was a prominent man of noble character from Amalek's family. His name was Boaz. Ruth the Mopetus <laughs> asked Naomi, Will you let me go into the fields and gather fallen grain behind someone with whom I find favor? Naomi answered her, Go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth left and entered the field to gather grain behind the harvesters. She happened to be in the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who is from Amalek's family. Later, when Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, he said to the harvesters, The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they replied. Boaz asked his servant, who was in, the ch- who was in charge of the harvesters, Whose young woman is this? The servant answered, She is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the territory of Moab. She asked, will you let me gather fallen grain among the bundles behind the harvesters? She came and has been on her feet since early morning, except that she rested a little in the shelter. Then Boaz said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in another field and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they're harvesting and follow them. Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have filled. She fell face down, bowed to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor with you so that you notice me, although I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, Everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me. 
how you left your father and mother and your native land, and how you came to a people you didn't previously know. May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. My Lord, she said, I found favor with you, for you have comforted comforted and encourage your servant, although I am not like one of your female servants. At mealtime, Boaz told her, come over here and have some bread and dip it in the vinegar sauce. So she sat beside the harvesters and offered her roasted grain. She ate and was satisfied and had some left over. When she got up to gather grain, Boaz ordered his young men, let her even gather from among the bundles and don't humiliate her. Pull out some stalks from the bundles for her and leave them for her to gather. Don't rebuke her. So Ruth gathered grain in the field until morning. She beat out what she had gathered, and it was 26 quarts of barley. She picked up the grain and went into the town, where her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She brought out what she had left over from her meal and gave it to her. Her mother-in-law said to her, where did you gather barley today, and where did you work? May the Lord bless the man who noticed you. Ruth told her mother-in-law, whom she had worked with, and said, The name of the man I work with today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May the Lord bless him, because he has not abandoned his kindness to the living or the dead. Naomi continued, The man is a close relative. He is one of our family redeemers. Ruth, the Moabitess, said, He also told me, Stay with my young men until they have finished all of my harvest. So Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Ruth, My daughter, it is good for you to work with the female servants so that nothing will happen to you in another field. Ruth stayed close to Boaz's female servants and gathered grain until the barley and the wheat harvest were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Come on, what a great passage of scripture. This is one of those, uh, let's say like staples in Bible history. Uh, I would love for you guys to just drop verses that stand out to you. Any questions you may have, I have my eyes on the chat over here. But uh, I think I just kind of love the way that God interjects storylines and timelines into the Bible in different periods. So we just got out of, you know, the books of the law. We went through Joshua. We went through Judges. And then now here we are seeing these people, Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz, right? So verse one starts off. It says, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side. He was a prominent man of noble character. His name was Boaz. So Ruth, we know from chapter one. Uh, was being faithful to her mother-in-law. So uh, Ruth's husband had uh, passed away. It was just the two of them. And by any means, Ruth could have left Naomi. She didn't have to stay. She could have went on her way. She could have started a new family and just left it all alone. However, Ruth decided to stay loyal to Naomi. She said, uh, you know, you're not going to be on your own. It's going to be you and me till the very end, right? And here is, let's say, the reward of her faithfulness and her loyalty, which like the first thing I just want to like quickly comment on is that God always rewards faithfulness. When you are faithful to God, when you're faithful to people, when you're faithful to the things you put your yes to, God will always reward it. You know, there's a temptation that happens. Sometimes uh, we give our yes to things and we don't always count the cost before we give our yes, right? Like we say yes to do something big. We say yes to do something small. Uh, Some of us, you know, we may not have a boundary in saying no when it comes to our time, our energy, our talents, like in our resources, right? And when we say yes, it's like, oh, I'm going to overexert myself. I want to tell you something. Even in the times you say yes, when maybe you shouldn't have, God will always reward that yes. I have never seen him not follow through on that. 
Because Jesus said in the New Testament, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no, right? That was in the context of stop making oaths to God, but just let your yes, your word be your word. (laughs) And here is Ruth being faithful to Naomi. Her yes means yes right here. And this was her putting the hard work in because chapter two is when it gets real, is when it gets hard. Because when it came to actually finding the food, scavenging and figuring things out, this is when Ruth could have said, you want to know what, Naomi? This is just too difficult. There are uh, portions at the synagogue and at temple for you. Go figure it out. But instead, she decided to stay with her. And this is when they encounter this man named Boaz. Boaz, when you look in biblical history, I'm going to give us some Bible facts today. I hope you're ready. Boaz is the son of Rahab the prostitute which is an incredible story in the timeline. If you guys remember, I believe I was actually the one that did the soap for Rahab and the falling of the walls of Jericho back in the book of Joshua. And uh, Rahab was a prostitute who decided to secure the spies that were in Jericho. And it says that Jesus actually came from the lineage of Rahab. Then so did Boaz. So Boaz right here, his let's say his <clears throat> falling in the timeline of the history of Israel and his story with between him and Ruth shows that God was at work before Ruth was even on the earth, right? Because Ruth could have found herself in any field. Ruth could have found herself anywhere uh, with any other harvesters that could have been harsh, rude, mean, which by the way, often they were. <laughs> when you were working behind someone else inside of their field, they look to you as less than because you're sitting there gathering from someone else's stuff. And you don't know if you're in someone's field that's following the law or not following the law. So you're just trying to scavenge as much as you can. And here she finds herself inside of Boaz's field where God had already worked on the heart of Boaz to be generous, kind, and a hero to his everyday. And you see, I want to tell you that whatever field you're working in right now, whatever work field, family field, community field, that God is at work even when you don't see it. So often we just need a change of perspective to see our God at work everywhere we go. And right here, God was at work in the timeline of history, working from Rahab down into Boaz to bless people. And it goes on in verse two, Ruth asked Naomi, will you let me go into the fields and gather grain behind some uh, someone with whom I will find favor? You see, inside of the law of Moses, this is back in uh, Leviticus 19, 9 through 10. Leviticus 23, 22, and Deuteronomy 24, 19 through 21, just like some quick like Bible like reference for you. Back in uh, the law, it was baked in that people who were harvesting from a field would actually leave some behind on purpose. So it wasn't just like the scraps were getting dropped around and people were like working sloppy. The idea was that there would always be provisions even for people who couldn't provide for themselves. Because uh, this this was really more so in the case of, let's say, widows. This was in the case of older women who had been widowed that no longer had someone to care for them or maybe no family to care for them either. So God, even and this is what I love about this timeline, God, even through his word, had a way as if he crafted this for Ruth and Naomi himself, that they would find themselves behind harvesters pulling from the uh, wheat and barley that was left behind for them on purpose. And this is something else I just want to share with you. God writes his word and has his promises for each and every one of us. This is the beauty of the word of God, 
because he crafts into the word blessings for each and every one of us, just waiting for us to, let's say, tap into them or engage in what God is already doing through his word. Because he wrote that and Boaz, mind you, did not, (laughs) he should have followed it, but there were so many who did not follow it. So it's for uh, for Ruth to find herself inside of Boaz's field where he had a heart for people to go ahead and receive what the word of God had promised just says a lot about uh, Boaz's heart. You see, it goes on. uh, Verse three, Ruth entered the field, gathered the harvest, and she happened to be inside of Boaz's field. I love that wording. She happened to be inside of that field. And as I was reading this, I was just like, you know, There are no coincidences. And uh, the author here is not saying as if it was a coincidence for her to just be in Boaz's field. But there are no coincidences inside of your life. You know, you may find yourself inside your workplace right now and your boss may be driving you crazy. (laughs) Your manager may be driving you up a wall. (laughs) The amens are amazing. (laughs) Right. Uh, So many of us find ourselves there. It is normal. It is life. Right. Uh, I can still remember I worked in a field, and I'm sure I've shared it a hundred times. Um, I worked in a field uh, in, in restaurant for a while, and when I first got to this restaurant, it was very you know like larger corporate chain, and you could not say God bless you when you start when you were there. You would have to say bless you because their idea was they wanted to take a, a neutral religious approach to everything. So if you said God bless you, you're tagging on this religious side, and I remember I first started working there. They're explaining the employee handbook to me. And I, I I, I can just be a little outspoken at times. And I'm sitting there. I said, so hold on. I can't say God bless you, but I say bless you. <laughs> I was like, why don't I just let them sneeze at that point? Because <laughs> I was like, I'm still saying bless you. But anyway, I was like, you want to know what? It's all good. It's okay. I'm not going to fight, you know. But this was, this was their policy, right? This was the field we were working in. And I would get in trouble all the time. Because we'd be walking through the restaurant, someone would sneeze, and it's like, it's almost like something baked into mankind. You hear someone sneeze, God bless you, <laughs> right? I used to get so much trouble. It was amazing. Um, and then uh, I remember I was sharing with some church friends in the one church I was at at the time, and they were like, that's so ridiculous. I, why would they do that? This, you know, this world is so anti-Christ. And as they were talking, I said, you know, I can't disagree with you. I do agree. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I will tell you this. God got me this job. The Lord put me in this field. And what I want to do is, is change my perspective because I've been around God long enough to know that he is going to change some hearts inside of this place. He's going to change some minds and he is going to take a place that is religiously neutral and shift it towards the cross because when the Holy Spirit's present, that's exactly what he does. No matter what field we find ourselves in, he will shift the hearts of mankind towards the cross and towards the Father. And don't you know that's exactly what happened over the course of a couple of years working at this place. I started off not being able to say, God bless you. But in the closing months when I was uh, exiting the restaurant on my way out, what ended up happening was that I was allowed to preach inside of the restaurant every single Thursday morning. We had a little mini service in our back room where I was able to bring one of my messages that I preach on Wednesday night into the restaurant to go ahead and encourage people, see souls saved and see lives changed. And I want to tell you, no matter what field you are in, God is with you and he has no coincidences. You know, we might find yourself in the one workplace. We might be thinking, well, well, pastor, you don't know my boss. Well, I want to tell you, I don't know your boss, but I know your God. 
And your God will 100% provide for you because he has been at work before you have even walked into those doors. And can I get an amen from somebody? You see, Boaz was worked on inside of his heart before he ever walked the earth through Rahab. Uh, Ruth and Naomi had God working before they ever walked the earth through the law of Moses working on their behalf. And all they're waiting for was for God to bless them in the right season and when they entered the right field. So right here, Boaz travels from Bethlehem and he finds himself inside of the field that he owns. Boaz uh, will discover as we kind of go through the text over the next coming uh, days, because it's four chapters, Boaz was known as both a fair and shrewd businessman. <laughs> he was a great steward, but he knew how to do business too. <laughs> and uh, Boaz, uh, amazingly, is inside of his own field during harvest time. You know, this was something that would be common if you own smaller fields, but if you were a little bit larger, a little more macro from like, let's say Skyview, to be in the fields was definitely something a little like, let's say less normal for him to go and be inspecting everything. For the most part, you would employ people to inspect them. So right here, I view God as sending Boaz to go ahead and care for Ruth and Naomi, even inside of the workday, right? So he gets there, he starts asking questions. Hey, who's the young lady? Who who who's who who is this working in my field? And it goes on. They tell him, "Hey, she was here. She's she's from Moab, right? So she's not even one of our own." And he goes in and says, "Hey, she's here. She rests for a little bit of shelter. She's gathering." Boaz said to Ruth, verse eight, "Listen, my daughter. Don't go and gather grain in another field. Don't leave this one, but stay here. See which field they're harvesting and follow them." Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you're thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have filled. This guy was an absolute hero. I want to let you know that Boaz was, uh, of course, Jesus is the hero of our story. But God, when he goes ahead and works inside of our heart, he will make us, let's say, the heroes of the day so we can give him glory. You see, uh, I was kind of like just looking into, hey, what are heroes inside of the Bible? When you look inside of, let's say, Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith or the Hall of Fame of the Bible. You know, heroes are easier to admire, but harder to define. They are seldom conscious of their moments of heroism and often may not recognize their acts as heroic. Heroes simply do not write at the, uh, simply. No, heroes simply do the right thing at the right time, whether or not they realize the impact of their actions that they have. Perhaps one quality they share is the tendency to think of others before they think of themselves. Right here, Boaz was a hero. In his dealings with other people, he was sensitive to their needs. His words to his employees, relatives, and others were continually colored with kindness. And you may remember we went into Judges chapter 19 last week together. And one of the things that really stood out to me with uh, the Levite priest in Judges 19 was that he was chasing after his concubine to speak kindly to her, but he did not act kindly to her, right? And kind of one of the points I was making is, hey, we can walk, but not talk, or excuse me, we can talk, but not walk. And we don't want to be people of talk, talk, talk with no walk, walk, walk. Right here, Boaz, he talked and he walked. <laughs> this was a man of integrity because when the push came to shove, when it came to the pressure, when it came to actually being, let's say the hero and the man that God called him to, he said yes to it. He was fair, he was kind, and he loved people, right? So uh, <clears throat> Boaz was putting people above himself. He was putting Ruth above himself. And then it goes into verse 10. It says, Ruth fell face down in front of him. 
because she recognized that the kindness was being shown to her was absolutely supernatural and probably not something she often maybe encountered. It said that she bowed down to the ground, said to him, why have I found favor with you so you would notice me, although I am a foreigner? You see, I like this word favor. Why have I found favor with you so that you notice me, although I'm a a foreigner? You see, we grow in favor. And it's important to know that God doesn't have favorites, but he does have favor. And in his favorites, he doesn't pick and choose people and just say, hey, you're going to be like my number one, my number two, right? But he does have favor. Favor is the supernatural relationships that he puts together. Favor is when you walk into a room and all of a sudden blessings were sitting there waiting for you. Favor is when God says, I'm going to give you something that you maybe not, maybe you didn't even deserve, but that's my grace and favor over your life. You know, favor is so important that Luke chapter two, verse 52 says that Jesus grew in favor with God and man. We grow in favor with both God and man. Ruth was growing in favor with God when she chose not to abandon Naomi when she was doing the right thing. Ruth was growing in favor with God when she decided to put her hands to work and say, I'm going to gather food. I'm going to gather resources for her and myself, even when it seems difficult. And because she had favor with God by doing the right thing, being a person of integrity, being a person of loyalty, and most importantly, a person of faithfulness, God gave Ruth favor with man. Same way that Jesus grew with favor with God, he grew with favor with man. And because she had favor with man right here, Boaz was giving food to Ruth and Naomi. This would expand and grow to the point where uh, uh, Boaz says, don't just let her pick up the side grain that we drop on the ground, but leave stalks for her. That was wildly abnormal. You just didn't do that because you wanted to keep the stalks. What fell on the ground, take it. But the whole stalks, no, leave them so that she could have them. This was the favor that God had given Ruth because she was doing the right thing. And I want to share with you, this is such a practical application point. Pray to God, ask him to give you favor. If you feel as though, hey, I don't have favor over my life. I feel as though I don't have favor in my workplace. I may not even have favor amongst my friends, my families. I don't have favor when I'm walking in the supermarket. Pray and ask God to grow your favor because you will know when God's favor is over your life. Doors open to you that never would have opened. People open their hearts to you that would be so strong, right? Like a total stronghold that no one else would ever be able to get into. But it's supernatural because it's God's favor on your life. I can still remember uh, uh, we were (laughs) when Shannon and I were going to get married. And this was wild, 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 supernatural like occurrence. So her and I were engaged to be married March 29th of 2020. Oh, 2020. What do we remember about 2020? It's COVID, baby. (laughs) It is the year the world shut down, right? Uh, Well, New Jersey shut down March 21st. So for us mathers out here, that is eight days before my wedding. (laughs) The world shut down. And uh I remember because I was uh, pastoring a church at the time and I was in my first couple months of pastoring this church and I was 
I'll tell you what, inwardly, I was in shambles because I'm pastoring and suddenly I had to close the church I was pastoring because the state was saying so. And I was like, we're, listen, we may close services, but we're not closing. Like we're, <laughs> we are still on mission. Right. And uh, uh, I remember it was days prior, let's say, you know, a Sunday, then Monday, we had to shut down and shut down the church, move to online services. And that was one thing. But I was really upset because our wedding was canceled. And for my wife, her wedding was canceled. And I was I was sitting there. I said, God, I need divine favor. I need some serious, serious favor over my life right now because I'm not going through COVID lockdown isolation without my bride to be. So, Lord, please, if you would give me favor in this season, I will tell everyone about how you gave me favor. <laughs> and that was my prayer of faith. Uh, March 21st was the day that Shannon and I got married. So this was, let's say, right, the day the state shut down, it was a week prior. And the week before that, so it was on March 14th, I am searching high and low, calling every municipality, township, every closed office, every phone number I get my hands on to say, hey, can you get me a marriage license? <laughs> Pretty please, I need a certificate. And I drove them so crazy. <laughs> no joke, church. I drove them so nuts. I called the one lady almost every day saying, hey, are you open yet? Are you open yet? Are you open yet? And she said, no, no, no. <laughs> Until finally she said, why do you keep calling me? I said, because God has put favor on my life and I'm marrying my wife. And she said, okay, we're not doing marriage license right now, but come to the municipality township. How fast do you think I got in my car? <laughs> I was there in seconds. And I'm outside calling this poor woman's phone. <laughs> saying, Come outside. I need this marriage license. She walks outside. She's like, you are crazy. And I said, no, God has put favor on my life and I'm going to marry my wife. Right. You know, it's anointed because it rhymes. <laughs> and uh, and she said, OK, she put the marriage license down. We signed it. She went back inside, processed it. And I want to tell you, March 20th, 2020. I got that marriage license the day before we were married. I signed it on a cop car, the back of a cop car in municipality township, because a cop had to go with me to go get the building open to get that piece of paper. There is divine favor on your life, right? I was the only one, by the way, who got a marriage license throughout that entire time of COVID. Because there are doors that God will open for you when God puts favor on your life. You don't always have to push as hard as I did, but I knew what God was leading us to. And I was going to push as hard as I could. So I saw what God promised happen, right? So you pray for God's favor on your life. There are doors that God wants to open for you. There are people he wants to connect you with. There may be new jobs, new seasons that he wants to open for you. But we have to begin praying now, God, help me grow in favor with you and both the people around me so that I could see it happen. And just as David said, see your goodness, God, here in the land of the living, right? Verse 12 says, uh, when, when Boaz is answering to uh, Ruth saying, this is like the why, right? Everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me, right? How you've been faithful, how you've been loyal, correct? Um how you, uh, uh, right, how you left your father and mother, came to a native land, how you came to a people you didn't previously know. Verse 12, may the Lord reward you for what you have done. May you uh, receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. And I'm going to close on this point. And 
right? If there's a couple of things I want you to pray for today, pray for favor. And I want you to pray for strength for yourself. Because here we see, right? Verse 12, may the Lord reward you for what you've done. Reward seems like a weird thing. Like when I got into the church world, when I got saved, like I had to kind of rewire my mind, but it seems as though people so often are like very like anti-reward out of the sake of humility, right? Of no, I wanted to all glory to God and amen. God should always get all the glory. Don't take it for yourself because you won't share it, but God has reward for you. And because Ruth was loyal, she was receiving reward from Boaz. And sometimes I feel as though we say no to the rewards that God wants to give us out of the sake of humility, out of the sake of, oh, you know what, I wasn't doing it for this anyway. No, you weren't doing it for the reward, but God wants to give you a reward. And there is a reward for your faithfulness. There's a reward for your honor. And I'm going to share a story to kind of like help drive this one home. So this is a true story, okay? Because God's system of rewarding is not of this world. It is absolutely supernatural. And God decides to provide through this way so that man can't put their sticky fingers on it. Okay. So there was a man. He owned a contracting business that did construction. Uh, he had his largest contract that he ever had. <laughs> and it was, I think it was like a $50,000 job. So he got done the job. He was looking to go collect the check. And the man he did the job for said, I'm not satisfied with the job. The contractor said, who owned his business, said, hey, what did we do wrong? How can we rectify it? How can we get this thing handled? The guy didn't give him any reasons to why he was, well, wasn't was satisfied with the work that was done. He built a fountain for him. He said, what's wrong with the fountain? It's beautiful. It functions. It matches all the designs we made. It, it's not even the wrong color. Like, what's wrong? The guy said, I just don't like it. They went back and forth for about two or three months. And then he finally said, listen. Whatever you feel as though is right to pay me for this fountain, for the job that I did for you, pay me, write the check. So the man, a few weeks later, got a check for $12,000. The job was supposed to be $50,000. He got a, a check for $12,000. Church, that's roughly 20% of what he was supposed to get. Like, you want to talk about fair? It's not fair. But this man decided... You want to know what? I'm going to honor you. I'm just going to be faithful. And whether you choose to be faithful or not, I'm going to be faithful. And when I speak about you, I'm going to speak about you with honor. And he backed away from it. He said, okay, I'll take the 12,000. Thank you. My, my provisions don't come from you anyway. They come from God. So he was a little bit upset about it, but he was trying to keep his heart right. In the same way that Ruth and Boaz, their hearts right for God, he was trying to keep his heart right before God. Uh, roughly a month later, he got a job and his contract came in to him for a job for $2 million. And when he did this job, he did such a great job. It opened up, right? Cause he had favor, opened up a new door for his business that it became a multi-million dollar construction business within months. I truly believe. And so does this business owner, right? This is a true story. I'm telling you this business owner also believes that had he not handled the person with the $50,000 job, they gave him 12 with honor, love, favor, grace, and mercy that the Lord never would have rewarded him with multi-million dollar jobs after that. I want to tell you, God right now is leading you into seasons, leading you into situations where he's looking for you to operate with favor, love, mercy that Jesus wants to give you. But we have to be the ones to operate inside of God's reward system. He wants to reward you in the same way he was rewarding Ruth, but he also wants our hearts to be right in the meantime. So 
something to pray today. God, help me get favor with you and favor with man. God, help me tap into your reward system because God, I want to be faithful in the same way Ruth was. And each and every one of us, I have a feeling we're all just pushing forward, right? We're all doing our best to live for Christ. We want to see new new area, new territory touched with the gospel of Jesus, our families on fire for the love of Jesus. But I want to tell you, do not grow weary in doing good because so often we could be like a business owner who's getting 20% of what he should get, right? He's not in the fair situation. He's like, Ruth, my husband's dead. I have this mother-in-law I'm stuck with now, right? She's not in a fair situation, but she chose to have a different perspective that she was going to live for God, even when it didn't make sense, that she was going to be a person who wanted to love and care for people, even when that deck and odds were stacked against her. And because of that, because she didn't grow weary in doing good, God gave her a word, blessed her and favor with God and man. Can I get an amen from somebody? All right, come on. I want to pray for you because I believe that today is going to be a day of favor for each and every one of you. So father, I thank you for every person that is here today, every person listening later on. Lord, I just pray, help us grow in favor today. That God's supernatural doors and relationships would begin today because of your favor on our lives. That as God, as we engage in relationships, as we're in our workplace, we're talking to bosses, coworkers, that God, there would just be a special favor and an ease to things happening around us because you are with us. And Lord, we know, that uh, many times we just need character that's able to hold the blessings and rewards that you want to give our life. And so often we're in a process of growing into people that you are trying to work with and give reward and blessing to without crushing us. So Lord, I just pray, do the inner work, the hard work inside of us today so that we can live for you, point people to you and show them that there's a God that loves them. God, help us grow in favor today, and God, help us tap into your reward system today so that we can reach people far from Jesus. And we pray this and ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great, great Wednesday.